steps into it. Pass is caught. Diggs! Sideline! Touchdown! podcast i am bj Ardell, back here with my guy drew mahold and today we are talking about your minnesota vikings on bye week uh normally it'd be a little bit more exciting uh normally we'd be doing you know some sort of a recap or you know what's uh what type of excitement there is to follow um the team's bye week and unfortunately 2020 has uh, had its effect on the Vikings as well, and us Minnesotans have had that aspect of our life taken from us too. So your Minnesota Vikings stand at 1-5. and five. Uh, There's no way around it. That's just the way it is. There's 10 games left to be played. Uh, the Vikings' chances of making the postseason at this point in time are under 5% across the board, whether that's a wild card spot, a division spot, or anything else of that nature. And we have to accept that as fans. So we're singing the bye week blues today, and Drew and I will talk about little about kind of how we got to this point, you know, the, the point where players like Ngakwe are being traded six weeks into their career and the rumors are swirling about veterans that have been with this team since, you know, the Zimmer admin began. Um, and we'll talk about what there is to look forward to because, you know, I know that if you're listening to this podcast, you're planning on re- watching the remaining 10 games this year. Uh, so you're with Drew and I in that boat. And what is there to watch if, if it's not just about trying to make the postseason? So we'll uh, we'll go over some of that as well. And um, that's how we'll spend our bye week. So um, that's the plan for today's show. So let's just jump into it. And I'm going to start us with a very simple question uh, that has a very wide range of answers and can be probably explained in a variety of different, deto- different tones and volume levels, depending on who you're speaking with. And how did uh, I'm going to keep it very straightforward how we get to this point drew how did the vikings get to being one and five staring down a bye week entering a position where next week when they do get to play again they're playing the green bay packers at lambeau field with you know essentially that's our super bowl that's the super bowl that vikings fans packers fans make the joke every year right they always make the joke they're like oh vikings fans they only care about big beating the packers well that's not normally true but they're on the money so how did we get here uh, stubbornness, if I can be harsh about it. Um, you know, stubbornness in the faith of Kirk Cousins at this point, right? Um, being, you know, the the decision not to let him play out the final year of his deal and instead of extending him based on, you know, probably one or two throws in that Saints playoff game. Now, that might not have been the only uh, deciding factor, but certainly there's a decent chance that the extension is not made um if the vikings lose that playoff game uh there's the stubbornness in mike zimmer as a defensive-minded head coach uh the the stubborn belief i should say in a coach like mike zimmer to um carry the vikings where they want to where the franchise wants to go uh seeing more and more now across the league having an offensive-minded head coach what a sort of a young um, offensive genius uh, that can, you know, make your quarterback look good, that can hide your deficiencies, uh, and that can create an efficient team. Um, it seems to be the winning formula 
nowadays. Uh, I guess it doesn't have to be a young coach, right? Andy Reid is, has been doing it for a long time. He's got that Kansas City Chiefs uh, offense humming, and they're you know not too concerned about the defensive side of the ball, and they keep winning. And so, couple those couple of things combined with uh, it just seems like the there was clearly a window that had been missed, right? The Super Bowl window where you had all of your players, your stars, the the homegrown roster right. um, in their peak, and that's past. You know, you got rid of Xavier Rose, Linval Joseph, Everson Griffin. Um, all these guys that were so key to your success, they're gone now just because the window had passed, right? You kind of built the contracts that 2018, 2019, those were your prime years to compete. uh, And it just didn't work out for a myriad of reasons, of course. But um, you're past that now, and I think it's time to accept. And we as fans didn't do a good job accepting that initially, but it's just time to accept that this era uh, is, is over and trying to sort of in desperation, try to make something else happen, try to create a competitive team out of what is much, much less than you had two or three years ago. It's just not the winning formula and it's time to start over. Right. So I agree that stubbornness is definitely a big piece here for sure. Um, We can also, you know, we can throw the Vikings a bone, say injuries played a role here as well. I mean, Anthony Barr being out for the most, the majority of the season, Daniil Hunter officially out for the rest of the season. One of the best decisions the Vikings have made this entire year, by the way. Yes. Um, You know, coaching change, I'm sure, has something to do with it as well. I'm not to say that, you know, Kubiak hasn't got the offense to to roll at some points, but you have to think that a little bit more consistency with Stefanski remaining in that position might have helped. So turnover in that regard. And then, of course, turnover with the players that you mentioned. You know, I think us as a fan base thought that the window would be open through 2020, right? That Super Bowl window. I think I used that year multiple times dating back to 2016, I want to say. Um, and that closed faster than I think a lot of us thought. It was not just the Vikings coaching staff. It was it was us as fans as well or you know, fanalists or whatever you want to say, whatever you want to refer to yourself as. I think a lot of us thought the Vikings had at least through 2020, if not through 2021. Um, But the breakdown has just been so severe and it's been magnified by the injuries and mistakes and the rookies who just simply aren't ready for their roles at this point in time. You know, Cameron Dantzler looks a lot better in the secondary as a number three corner. Or, you know, Jeff Gladney looks a lot better rotating in and out with Mackenzie Alexander. Or, you know... So many of these decisions that were made during the offseason that, you know, were kind of forced decisions to a degree because of the contract situation, the financials that the Vikings were dealing with. But those decisions had costs that I think a lot of us were like, oh, Xavier Rhodes gone. Like, how are we how are we going to replace a guy who sucked all of last year? Well, you know what the Vikings did is they replaced him with a guy who sucks even more often than Xavier Rhodes did last year. And we didn't think that was possible. As fans, and I think the administration probably didn't think this, thought the same thing as, as well. How much worse can it get? Well, unfortunately, the Vikings have gotten that answer in the first six weeks, and, that, and that's that while Xavier Rhodes was substandard, to say the least, last season, he at least was enough to get the job done most of the time. The Vikings weren't allowing 30-plus points last week every single week. Now we're approaching 40. Hell, Atlanta just laid a 40-burger on the Vikings. This is a defense that, you know, we just talked a couple weeks ago about how Mike Zimmer's only allowed, what, two or three 30-point games? Now he's done that season. So a lot of things have gone wrong, and we'd be ignorant to not acknowledge the fact that there's some blame to be handed out here. It's not just like, you know, this isn't a situation where, you know, it's... Teams don't something- have to be bad. Like, it's not like every team has to go through a cycle of, 
of playing poorly. That's and that's true, but like they also don't like like they don't need to be this bad ever. Oh yeah. You you can get by by making This could have been prevented in a, 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 a number of ways. It and, starts and, with recognizing where things you know, I think a, we as fans sometimes get a big head to where we think we can do things better than the people in the front right. office, which isn't well, true. Everyone um, thinks that. Right, which isn't true. But, you know, when you have so many fans pointing out things, it's easy to think that. And there are, you know, you could see the faults coming. You could see the roster deconstruction coming and the fact that there's just too much production and talent leaving the roster to then come back confidently and into the 2020 season without an off season, you know, with having so many rookies contributing and just the, it, it, obviously it's easy when you're, you have one team and this is the team that you a work for or B, you know, root for to think, okay, well we can do this. We just went 10 and six. Um, you know, we, we did this, we did that. Um, and then think, okay, well we'll be fine this year. We have th- these players returning, but truth of the matter is the Vikings lost so much, and it's just tough to band-aid all that with rookies um, or very young, inexperienced guys. And then, you know, a, a head coach that's defensive-minded and trying to do all of that, you know, with a completely new defensive lineup, essentially. Right. Uh, there's just – there was too much uh, you know, turnover. There was too much um, – there was too much of like a – you know, there's an old-school philosophy on offense, too, right? and it doesn't catch up with modern NFL and things have to be perfect for your quarterback in that scenario. And there's just too much turnover. There's too much that needs to go right for this team right now to compete. And it's gone the other way to start the year. All right. So that's how we got here, right? Injuries, coronavirus, questionable administrative decisions, questionable, questionable contracts extended, not just talking about the players, just a lot of things this past off season that I think if we look back with, you know, hindsight bias we give them an f right the vikings failed in every respect this past off season so that's point a point b is the coronavirus and all of the consequences and implications that this has had however i don't think this podcast or any of you listening is willing to use that as an excuse because every single team as we've noted multiple times is also dealing with the situation so you know the vikings had to adapt and they didn't so that's problem b and then of course you throw in the injuries and other random things you know losing michael pierce before the year even started as a result of the coronavirus sucks you know that was a that wasn't just a band-aid that was supposed to be kind of the piece right to replace linville joseph and all of a sudden he's not there and the guys that you thought would be rotating in and out and would be able to handle 10 15 snaps are now being asked to cover 40 or 50 of them and let's just be real here they're not doing too good at it okay so I mean, that's just what it is. That's how we got here, and now we're at this point, and now we have decisions to make. And when I say we, I do mean Rick Spielman, the Wilfs, and you know the upper management. But um, we do have the opportunity here to think some of this through and try to, you know, come up with rationale and decision making for ourselves. So, what do you do, right? We, we know where the Vikings stand as of this recording, right? Uh, Yannick Ngakwe or Yannick Ngakwe is officially gone. He's a member of the Ravens. The Vikings ended up basically trading. 90 spots essentially in their draft to uh to have that guy for six games and now he's no longer a foundational piece of this team's future and they're moving forward with a third round conditional and a fifth round conditional which honestly i think that's a great move that was the smart move however it does suggest that this management believes that they'll be around long term and be able to see those picks through on the other end uh, which i think some of us might have 
you know, some skepticism about given the current circumstances of this organization. But, you know, what do you do? You're six games into the year. We just established that there's basically every precedent in the world suggests that the Vikings are going to miss the playoffs. And I'm not going to shy away from that. I don't think anyone else is going to either. So what do you do with the rest of the season to make it useful? How do you make this a better functioning organization for next year? What can you do with your 10 games here? I mean, we're going to be watching. So what are we watching yeah. for? Like, what's the point? What is the purpose of the rest of these 10 games? And, you know, what would you like to see? So there's the, this is kind of a, uh, there's a dichotomy here, right? Where there's, you know, you, you get half of your fans, half of the fans are kind of saying tank, like lose on purpose, almost trying to get the higher draft pick. You know, you're spending now rooting for Washington and the Jets, and the Giants and all these teams to, uh, wins that that can improve the Vikings draft slot. Um, that's not really where I fall into things. And, you know, it's really easy to look at this and say, well, yeah, the Vikings getting a better draft pick. Like, of course you want the Vikings to lose right. games. Um, there's, there's just no way to quantify the sort of winning culture aspect of things. Right. And I think the Vikings had built that to a degree over the past years and, um, you know, of course, no team is going to go out there and try to lose, right? Um, but I think the the Vikings, you know, building that winning culture with so many rookies already there is going to be really important down the stretch here. So, uh, and whether, you know, I think at, that's, at this point now you really have to you also evaluate Mike Zimmer and his status with the team. Um, if he can put together a formidable defense, um, string together a few tough wins down the stretch here, um, maybe he deserves 2021. Um, but I mean, I, I really think at this point it's for as much as I love Mike Zimmer and I'm much, as much as I appreciate, you know, what he's done the past six years in Minnesota, I think it's just, it's so clear that an offensive minded coach, uh, seems to be the winning formula nowadays. And I think that's the direction the Vikings should go. And then in the draft, you got to look towards quarterback. I mean, it's the most important position in football. Um, and I think you can need to find a guy that can improvise and kind of do things when, um, uh, you know, make, make things better when things aren't so good around you. And I think that's where Kirk is limited. And that's where the Vikings are struggling is because Kirk was supposed to be the missing piece, the singular missing piece. And now that all so many other pieces are gone now from that puzzle, he's, you're asking Kirk Cousins to basically cover like 16, 17 other pieces of that puzzle uh, on his own. And he's just not that quarterback. So there's a lot of different things. Um, I, I'm, I'm anti-tanking. Um, you know, I, I kind of want to see how Zimmer does, but ultimately it's probably time to switch directions at head coach. Uh, and then of course at quarterback, you got to start looking more aggressively at finding your quarterback of the future. Um, uh, you know, because it does not appear that Kirk Cousins is that guy. So kind of the simple answer to that question is I think we're all looking for some development, right? Whether that's player development, right, in terms of their the young personnel's improvement and kind of immersion into the system that they may or may not be playing in next year, which is, seems kind of dumb in itself to even, you know, look for development in a system that's just not going to be around next year. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Seems a little counterproductive, but beside the point, I think that's kind of what we're all looking for here is we want to see guys, more young guys than just Justin Jefferson shine the rest of the year. Uh, that seems pretty obvious here. Now, that question that you brought up 
regarding winning versus losing and how it affects this team. I mean, we've we made it explicitly clear, and I think everyone understands this, that winning is not a good thing long-term for this organization right now. I mean, if they win two more games... On paper, it's not. It's just right. Not there's because... just there's nothing there's nothing good that it can do other than you know boost that unquantifiable team morale for next season, which I don't think. Again, we can't quantify it, so I'm not going to even figure that into my my assessment here. So, in terms of we all want to see the development, we want to see kind of what we want to see what Cameron Dantzler, we want to see what Jeff Gladney can do, we want to see if these guys are really foundational pieces. We want to see if Holton Hill can truly become a number one or number two, or if you know the flashes that we saw his rookie season were you know, lucky, right? We want to see those things. And I think, I think all of that's very obvious. And I think the fact that we want to see what Zimmer can do with this team and kind of his role, if he has one moving forward, we want to get an answer to that question too. Now, all of those questions can be amplified or hindered by a number of different moves that general management and upper, you know, upper management, upper executives can make. Now we've seen the first chess piece fall in Ngakwe going to Baltimore, a team that's, you know, finding it, trying to find every last piece to win the Super Bowl. And we know that this, the Vikings team is at the very least, because rumors don't come out of nowhere, right? We, we know it doesn't always mean, you know, when there's smoke, there's fire, but when there's smoke there, there's normally smoke for a reason, right? I know I understand that that doesn't really work with the cliche, but (laughs) when there's smoke, there's generally some reason for it. And so we hear things like Thielen, Harrison Smith, uh, Kyle Rudolph, all being, you know, on the trade block. And they may not necessarily be, the Vikings may not have called all other 31 organizations saying, hey, these guys are available, let me know what you want. But they may have discussed it with some other, with some teams. I mean, you think about the Adam Thielen, you know, fit in a bunch of teams right now, a, a tall slot receiver that can win you some in big moments. I mean, who doesn't, who wouldn't want him? And realistically, is he in the Vikings future? I mean, he's 30. He might not be. So, you know, you have to ask these questions, and I think they're fair questions to ask, especially for upper management who's trying to save their job and is trying to make all the right decisions now because they made the wrong ones this past offseason. Will there be an overcorrection? I'm sure, because they're trying to they're trying to resolve things that mistakes that they made and also mistakes that just came up as a result of just, you know, annual football. Did the Vikings think they're going to have to wonder whether or not Daniel Hunter would ever be the same guy again just two months ago? No, they didn't, and none of us did either. But now you got a pec injury that's going to keep you out for a whole year. You have to wonder, you know, will he be the same guy? I'm sure he will be. Modern medicine is great, but you have to wonder these things, and you have to, you have to come up with a calculated plan for the worst case scenario, which is what the Vikings didn't do this last off season. So that's something that I want to see. I want to see calculated moves that show a general direction that I can identify as a fan reading the news. Yes. So I want it to be so freaking clear what the Vikings want to do that a media member of any variety, whether it's the 24-year-old kid going to training camp for his first time or Chris Thomason on his 40th year on the beat or whatever it is. I don't care who it is. I want it to be so transparent that I could pick it up from reading one or two articles. And I think that that shows something. I want Rick Spielman to say, hey, this is the move. We're, this is the direction we're going. We're going to make these moves and we're going to suffer the consequences and we're also going to reap the benefits in April. That's what we're going to do here. So if they get rid of Harrison Smith, do I want to see Harrison Smith leave? Absolutely not. He's been one of my favorite players that this team has ever had. He's probably the best safety for, I mean, you can make an argument for Kraus, I'm sure. And I'm sure many of you will, but he's the best safety I've ever personally watched. But 
He'd fetch a price in the market right now. And again, I'm going to ask the same question I just did two seconds ago with Adam Thielen. Is he part of this team's next chance to win a Super Bowl? I don't know if he is. And he has so much value else, elsewhere right now that you have to think, okay, if you can get a late first or potentially a mid-second or some variation of, you know, a number of other options that trades, you know, potentially will become available, you have to think about it. And these are moves that could influence the direct, the direct, yeah. you know, the landscape of what this season can have, what, what the Vikings can do this season, that landscape can be directly influenced by just two moves. If the Vikings trade Harrison Smith and Adam Thielen, they're not winning more than four games. If you take those two guys off this organization, draft picks, I'm not saying I want to see him leave. It's going to make watching this team a lot less fun, but that's a direction. That's something that I can get behind because it's literally this management saying, hey, we aren't good enough. We know it. We're not going to try to do some kind of combination of a rebuild and, you know, a reload. We're going to go straight rebuild. We're going to do it now. And in 2023, we hope that we're going to have our quarterback of the future, plenty of cap room to work with, a bunch of developed players on the second, on their beginning of their second contract. And we're looking like a team that can compete with, you know, an older Lamar Jackson in the Super Bowl, if you will. Yeah. So this reminds me of Miami because Miami in 2018, they, I think they narrowly missed the playoffs. Like they were maybe a game or two out of a wild card spot in the AFC. Um, and then, you know, they, in 2019, they, you know, began the year with Rosen um, and, or not Rosen. Or yeah, it was Rosen. They traded yeah. for Rosen. Um and wasn't working out. And so, you know, they realized quickly on, right? Like Miami was bad, bad at the beginning of last season, 2019. Um, so they realized, hey, this isn't working. We're going to start over. And they had just hired a new head coach, by the way. Um, and so they traded all of their valuable pieces on that team. Uh, you know, Kenyon Drake, Minka Fitzpatrick. Like they traded anything with value. Uh, and you know, of course, it they it resulted in what like a five and eleven or four and twelve record. Um, now they've got their franchise quarterback to a Tagovailoa, um, and they've got some pieces that I think they've they're not winning, you know, a title probably this year or winning a division title um, in the AFC East. But there is a clear sense of direction, right? They, I don't want to say tanked, but they fell they, apart. They traded what they traded anything of value to re, to start over. Um, and so that shows a clear sense of direction. And it, it would make sense if Miami is, you know, contending in two to three years. So they've built it from the ground up. They have a ton of draft picks coming up, right? They have Houston's first and second next year, I'm pretty sure. Um, which Houston, by the way, that is not how you rebuild what they're right, doing. Right. You don't uh, want to be Houston. You got to be afraid of that now. Yeah. And so Miami has a clear sense of direction. The Vikings, based on this past offseason, there is none because. Right. They got rid of so much production, and they kind of had to because of the cap, right? They had, you know, all these contracts that were, they were millions and millions over the salary cap, so they had to let some guys go. Then they traded Diggs, which may or may not have been uh, what they actually wanted to do. But uh, regardless, when you get rid of that much production, that much talent, that sh- that's going to indicate to anybody, okay, well, well that's time to rebuild because this roster is half – it's a shell of what it was uh, right. just a year ago. But the Vikings did not give that that uh, vibe to anybody, and so now they kind of like the the analogy I kept using for Matthew Collar was, 
you know, they came to a fork in the road. Instead of picking left or right, they went right up the middle. And it just, it, it leaves them lost. It leaves uh, myself and, and, and you as well, like, con, like confused. Like, what is the direction here? There is, really isn't one. And so that's where you talk about Harrison Smith, Adam Thielen, Cal Rudolph. Like, these are the guys like, you know, Riley Reef, another one. Guys that are, you know, they're not young. They probably wouldn't be effective or what the, to the level they are now. Players, the next time the Vikings will be realistically contending for a deep playoff run. Get the, you know, there's a the, a great argument to be made to get the value now for those guys, whether it's a first round pick, whether it's you know a second and a fourth, whether it's a, whatever it is, get that value now. And I mean, Rick should be chomping at the bit here because he loves hoarding draft picks. Right get as many as he can get that value and then get as much developmental uh, potential time for your young rookies as you can this season, which is what Miami did last year and start that rebuilding process. Um, and then hopefully you can kind of make a move and try to find a quarterback in this draft. No matter, you know, I think there's probably four or five right now that are going to go in that first round, try to be aggressive and get one of those guys to at the very least sit behind Kirk Cousins next year. So I think since you, since you brought it up, I think it was going to come up no matter what, but that that quarterback spot, right? You you need to, we need, the Vikings need to, need to do something there, right? They need to have a plan, and I mean when I say a plan, it, it someone needs someone other than Sean Mannion needs to be backing up Kirk Cousins next yep. season, right? Um, it need I don't I would like it to be Trevor Lawrence. I would like it to be Justin Fields. Um, I don't think that's realistic. I don't think it's necessarily realistic. You're right because I don't think they're they're going to have to draft in the top. Probably five, probably honestly, probably top three to get one of those two guys. One of those they two, they'll have to go. They'll have to draft top two. Those, that's the first two picks in the draft is Lawrence and Fields. Okay, so someone's got to be behind Cousins next year, and someone needs to challenge him in a way where if this, t- if he again is playing like trash and it's not doing any good for anyone involved, there needs to be someone with the authority to say, "Hey, I can be the future." Someone and, pushing him at least, right? <laughs> so Sean Mays, exactly. So. That needs to happen, and that's unfortunately not a you know an answer we can get now. So you know we have to wait, but that needs to be something you need to be thinking about, right? And I think that goes back to your hoarding draft picks point there. That if you hoard enough draft draft picks, you are gonna have you know the ability to move up to the spot you need to be in in order to get the guy that you believe is the next guy, right? Jordan Reed just brought up mobility as kind of being a, you know, a, a necessity for quarterbacks in the modern era. And I, I mean, it's hard to deny that st- that point, right? If you watch the, the uh, Sunday night game between Arizona and Seattle, how can you disagree right. with that? Exactly. Both of those right. teams are what five and two and like six and one or five and one. They're you know clearly set on the right path. They've got an, a young offensive mind. Well, Arizona does Cliff Kingsbury, who, by the way, not a great record in college. I think he was below 500, but he's right. clearly knows what he's doing offensively. Get him at the right quarterback, a young, uh, you know, guy that can improvise. That's the type. That's the mold. That's the model to win in the NFL in 2020. The Vikings are pretty much doing the opposite of that with a defensive-minded coach and a quarterback that needs complete, stable structure around him. The Vikings so, are playing in 1988, right? Right. Now. Right. And that's you know that's the thing about Kirk. When the structure is right. He will execute the offense to a T better than pretty much any quarterback in the league. You know, sit in the pocket, clean pocket, and he'll throw darts all day. But the Vikings just aren't set up that way right now. And, and everything is off schedule football now. Mm-hmm. Like, there isn't, like, there isn't the Jay Gruden quote. I'm just going to go back to that about how, like, 
how much can you really do? How much can you truly scheme open? You have to play off schedule in the NFL, and the quarterback position used to be three, five, and seven-step drops and fire, right? You, you wait for your guy to be there, and you throw the ball. Unfortunately, that's not how the NFL is anymore. Most teams, like, for one, most teams have more intermediate and longer developing routes where you straight up just need to have some flexibility in the pocket. You need to have some awareness. You need to move your feet. And I'm not saying Kirk can't do that. He clearly is physical cap- physically capable. We've made enough jokes about how sometimes he gets loose for 10, 15, 20 yards, and he looks athletic. Like, I don't, I, I don't know what the mental block is, but it's not there for him, right? He doesn't have that maneuverability in the pocket that makes Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray to kind of put it on the top of that scale, right, the mobility scale. He makes – those two make Cousins look like an old man. And – if you want to compete in this league, you need to at least have Patrick Mahomes' athleticism at the quarterback position, and I that Patrick Mahomes can still move pretty well, right? Like, he's not exactly a slouch back there. But you need to have some functioning ability to play off schedule, which Kirk Cousins does not have. So I think you, yeah. need, you need to start looking quarterback, and you need to start looking at this modern model, right? And, you know, was it Trey Lance, Dakota State? I mean, he fits that mold. You look at Justin Fields, I think he's probably the more kind of the perfect yeah. mold in that Who's sense. The uh the BYU guy. Um is it Wilson maybe? Zach Wilson, I think is his name. He's another guy that will be we'll be seeing a lot about him as well. Uh but that's you know, you look around the league and probably ten years ago that really wasn't the case. You didn't you know, you didn't draft guys because they could, you know, operate off schedule. Uh that wasn't the first trait you're looking for. But with the need to score points becoming, you know, so much more important now. Uh, it's just the coaches can scheme up uh, points and, and points are at a premium now. Like you have to be able to score uh, and you have to, you know, offense wins championships now uh, as much as, you know, you hate to kind of put it that way, but it's the way the game is now. And that's where the quarterback that can improvise, make plays kind of by himself almost when things break down can be so valuable because, uh, otherwise, it's really easy to pick out one or two ways to beat a team, get that job, get that done, and then boom, you know that offense is toast. That's where the Vikings have struggled, Kirk, right? So, yeah, I, you know that's how the Packers were so great in early 2010s. Um, Aaron Rodgers was one of the few guys in the league that, uh, you know, pocket collapses, you know, play breaks down, he can still rip off a 30-yard gain down the sideline to James Jones or somebody. Um, and now there's four, five, six quarterbacks in the league that are doing that. And those teams are, you know, towards the top of the standings right now. And I think that if you're the Vikings, and we really haven't even talked about the Vikings for the last five minutes here. But if you're the Vikings, you have to look at all of this information, all this new information. I'm not just talking about the analytics movement. I'm not just talking about, you know, kind of these advanced statistics that are coming out, the next gen stats, if you will. I'm talking about look at the information that's being presented to you literally on our on all of our TVs on Sunday Night Football. Like you just said, the the way that the offenses function in Seattle and Arizona should make organizations like Minnesota puke straight up because the Vikings can't do any of that. Mm. They just don't have the capacity because they don't have the personnel. So this can be an exciting time, too. Right. Like this is a terrible position to be in as a Vikings fan right now. Your team has before you've only got a couple of young commodities to really look at and be excited about, but there are things to look forward to in the immediate future, right? You get Daniel Hunter back next year. You get Michael Pierce back next year. So your problems on the defensive line probably resolved without even lifting a finger. 
and I, when I say resolved, I do mean functional. I don't mean perfect like they were a couple of years ago. I mean functional. But you get those two pieces back, all pro-level players, all of a sudden that D-line looks a lot better with Shamar Stefan in the middle, right? And you get Anthony Barr back next year. Eric Kendricks remains under contract. you got to feel okay about that. Now, if you could see some development at the defensive back positions, you could be okay next year if you make a couple tweaks. But you have to start modernizing your style. And that one of those tweaks, when I say little tweak, I mean like a one transaction move. It could still be a huge maneuver, right? Whether that's replacing Mike Zimmer with Arthur Brown or Eric Bieniemy or one of these other guys that's going to pop into the market that's going to become the hot name. Yes, Joe Brady would be another awesome one, right? You can do all of these things, and you have the opportunity to be a choice landing spot because you have high draft picks, because you have a like you have a, a good administration and kind of you have a good situation for a coach to walk into. You have all these pieces, and then we can, the Vikings could theoretically go get the guy of the future, bridge him with Cousins, let Cousins go in 2022, and you've reset in two years. But you need to make all the right moves now. And that's why I, when I see people react to these podcasts and we say things like, is it time to start over? And people are like, no, let's not start over. Well, what information are you looking at? I'm, I'm talking objectively speaking right now. The Vikings have basically no shot. What are you playing for? What do you, why don't you want to start over? What have you seen? I want I genuinely want an answer to this question. What have you seen that suggests that this team is going to be Super Bowl ready with the status quo? Things need to change. Something needs to happen. I'm not saying get rid of Mike Zimmer because I don't know if that's the right move, but something needs to happen. And it needs to be big enough where there's a true ripple effect. Like it's like it just acknowledge that the season's lost almost right. Like, like don't play dumb and think, Oh yeah, we're going to, you know, make a run here, get to the playoffs. And uh, we, we definitely have the defense. We definitely have the offense to make a run. Like, like it, that does not work. It certainly doesn't resonate with the fans, but like it, it cannot be the case. And it probably isn't the case behind closed doors. There's no way they're looking at this. Like, well, yeah, we, we're, we're right in the thick of this. Just need to cut, turn a couple things around and we're going to be in the playoffs. Like, no acknowledge that you failed. Uh, acknowledge that this season is just simply not turning out the way you expected. And it's fine to be wrong. Like, that's okay. That you, th- you know, you thought this team was competitive in the NFC prior to the season. Things have not gone your way. Anthony Barr, Daniel Hunter being out, of course, does not help. But just acknowledge that this season probably is a fail. And make the, the moves now while you can before the trade deadline to help yourself in the future. And, you know, I, again, I'm not trying to advocate that, oh, get Adam Thielen out of here, get Harrison Smith out of here, get Kyle Rudolph out of here because I don't like them or because they're not productive. It's just you got to set yourself up for the future when, you know, there's nothing to play for now. And that's kind of where the Vikings are at. That is where the Vikings are at. So um, Vikings are through six weeks. There's 10 more of them left. And, I mean, Drew and I will be here, you know, breaking down what happened and, you know, what to expect for the remaining of the remainder of the season. We're hoping you guys are here too, but you know, at this, at, at this current juncture, like this is where it's at guys. Like this, <laughs> I don't like, there's no, like, I don't, I don't I'm not going like, to blow. We're rain. not, we're not trying to be like negative or overly negative or like trying to, you know, take the air out of your sails or anything like that. Like the wind out of your sails. It's just, this is just the way it is. Like this is like other NFL teams have rebuilt from better positions than the Vikings are in right now. Right. And I think it's, you know, the Vikings need to understand that. And it's not, you know, you either, here's the options. You A, turn this thing around, win 10 of your next 
your final however many games. Ten out of your next ten. Or nine out of your next ten, I guess. To get to, I'm saying get to ten wins, get right. into the playoffs somehow. Or you get thing you you figure your crap out for the future for 2021, 2022 with the limited options that you have now, and so that you can make a playoff run in. 2022 for example or 2023 because if you're not if you're not going to make a plan now for the future then you're banking on making a run this year with this team and this roster and this coaching staff that just doesn't seem very likely to me doesn't seem likely to me either so all right folks that's uh that's what we got for you today i think that's a good point to end on um let us know your thoughts right uh i'm curious what you guys have to say too like i I don't I, i i try to gauge kind of fan um, standing by Twitter, and I don't think that's always the most representative no. truth. Honestly, I think that blog commenters are a lot more objective and straightforward. So feel free to to share your thoughts with me here. Like, is there something more to look forward to other than just the development of the Vikings players? I'd love to hear it because, like I said, I'm going to be watching these games. I'm still a fan of this team, and I'm going to be dedicating three, four hours every Sunday to this team. So I, I'm here for it. Let me know what you have to think as well. You can leave that comment in the Daily Norseman comment section as always. And you can find the rest of the Climbing the Pocket Network on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And as always, for the you know several of you that do like to watch this on video, Drew and I will be on YouTube uh, for your viewing pleasure. So uh, later on this week, we will be previewing that upcoming matchup, which doesn't look great against the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. Um, so we hope you will join us for that. Um, should be uh, should be a, should be another fun listen, I'm sure. So, uh, thanks as always for listening, and we will catch you later this week. Ooh.